Welcome to Raised on D&D podcast. Each month, Raised on D&D brings you inspirational interviews with tips and strategies to enrich your family's gaming experience. Your host for Raised on D&D has been a game master for 30 years and father to three gamers. Here is Nick Cardarelli. Welcome back, gamers. I'm your host, Nick Cardarelli, and this is Raised on D&D. My next guest is a native of Portland, Oregon, where he played his first game of D&D way back in 1978. After spending 20 years in advertising and marketing, he finally decided to make a full-time job out of his passion for dungeon mastering. He is the founder of D&D Adventure Club. Please welcome David Lemke. Hi, David. Hey, Nick. It's great to be on. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for being on the show. We're going to talk all about D&D Adventure Club, and we're super excited about it. But before we get into all that, can you take us back to 1978 and tell us first experience with Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> I, I guess 1978, I guess that puts me in, right in the old school category, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was I, I think I got invited over to some of the big kids in the neighborhood uh, who were playing a session. Uh, and this was very early on. I think one of us owned a player's handbook and the rest of the stuff was uh, remember those uh, the little booklets, uh, yes. chain mail and melee and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So uh, I was handed the thief character and instructed to open a nearby chest and one poison dart in the forehead later, and I was my character was dead, uh, ending my first role playing experience of a, a, in about six minutes. But uh, um, I think by that time I was I was hooked, man, and um, I've been playing and role playing ever since. That is phenomenal. Now, how did you make the transition from that six minutes as a thief? to a dungeon master. What, what was that? What was that transition like? Well, I think, I think initially it was just, I was the only one who had enough allowance saved up to buy my own uh, <laughs> player's handbook and eventually dungeon master's guide. But I remember back in the day, it was because nobody had everything. It was all about invention, right? We were making mm -hmm. up our own to hit tables and nobody knew the boundaries of anything. So, I mean, you know, there was a lot of millionth level characters and that sort of stuff. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I just remember the, the crazy invention, just, you know, everyone was piling on top of everyone else. And it was it was a lot of fun. That is amazing. You had the book, so that kind of designated you <laughs> as the guy. So can you tell us how you've grown as a dungeon master over 35 yeah. years of gaming? I always, you know, I always really gravitated to building narrative and the mechanics behind storytelling, I think have always really fascinated me. Uh, in my career in advertising, I did a lot of uh, interactive work, right? And so how do you build a story where you're not sure where the narrative is gonna go? And, and I think that was a big fascination of mine. So I always ended up building kind of the stories and creating the milu. And it was funny, uh, you know, there's one kind of game you play when you're a kid. And then in college, 
there's a whole different kind of game, you know, where you, the mechanics of storytelling and your characters end up, you know, owning a bar and you have these like <laughs> detailed ledgers of like the commerce and political structures and all that sort of stuff. It's been fun to kind of navigate that path between all the different narrative styles. And I guess maybe I'm just a control freak in the end. All dungeon masters are, uh, David, all dungeon <laughs> masters are. And that brings up an excellent point. Would you say that your hobby of Dungeons and Dragons directly influenced your success in advertising and marketing? Oh, hey, gosh, that's a great question, Nick. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you look at the influence of Dungeons and Dragons on on role playing games, on, you know, the expectation on just kind of our common vernacular, the language that we share about like, hey, let's level up that solution and that sort of stuff. I think being able to create a narrative in in a game setting in a very structured storytelling way really helps career-based narratives, right? And how how do you frame a business pitch? How do you um, you know put boundaries around something? How do you collaborate with people to tell a shared story? All those skills, I think I, I probably learned at 12. I didn't know I was learning anything at the time. I, th- I thought I was just having fun. But absolutely, <laughs> um, all of that stuff uh, helps you in a corporate world, you know? That's terrific. Absolutely. And uh, in my career, I walked in and the before I even started, they put down this test in front of me and the test was in a booklet. And they said, we're going to leave the room and we want you to take this test to see if you have the aptitudes for this uh, job. So I open it up <laughs> yeah. and in, in it was uh, scenario based questions. You're the person in the situation. Uh, a, B and C is the best course yeah. of action. And, I, I, and I, the next page is a map. How do you navigate this map? I start looking around like I'm being punked. I'm like, did they know I love Dungeons and Dragons? Because I'm playing a module, a, a solo adventure uh, to get this job. There's no way. And, uh, and then finally I get to the last part and it says, um, read all these things about this customer on this one page with its picture and all of his interests, and then go to the next page and answer questions. And I'm like, I'm looking at a character sheet. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. I, uh, I scored a 100% on that test. And when I came out, the human resources lady said, how many of times have you taken this test with other companies? And I said, uh, never. And she goes, no one has ever scored a hundred percent before. And I said, well, I do have hobbies that are just like this, <laughs> which confused her more than enlightened her. But, um, so fast forwarding, I mean, no, no, I mean, talking about customer relationship management, right. And, and making your customers think they have unlimited choices, but you're really keeping them on a nice, narrow path. Um, that is exactly what a dungeon master does every single day of the week. All the time, all the time. That illusion of choice um, <laughs> is uh, when once you once you've got that down, uh, you're 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 cooking. Don't Move. tell anybody our evil secrets. <laughs> so, David, uh, fast forwarding, you're a dad. How many children do you have? Uh, I just have one magnificent daughter. Fantastic. And how old is she? 
uh, she's 10 now, almost 11. Wow. Awesome. Um, I've got three myself. I've got a a 15 year old who thinks that she's grown a 14 year old and uh, a soon to be 13 year old. So they're all back to back. Can you tell us when you started playing tabletop role-playing games with your daughter? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I don't know if you remember back to when a kid is seven and eight, they have a habit of, well, at least my daughter had a habit of getting up at five forty-five every single morning. <laughs> um, and I, I, it was daddy duty at that time of the morning. So um, we played a lot of dolls. We played a lot of Legos and eventually we just kind of got through all of that. And I, one morning I was like, what if we played D and D and started giving her a character sheet and immediately she was like, what? I'm an elf. Oh, this is awesome. And then from that moment on, we were just off to the races and you kind of, you kind of build rule after rule and you kind of let them get their feet a little bit. And then you kind of bring in some more rules. And we had a blast age of nine. My daughter throws a D and D birthday party. Wow. For all her little, for all her little friends. And so we played, um, uh, the, the most glorious campaign ever you could do in 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> but from that point on, uh, all the kids were hooked and I became kind of the dungeon master to the neighborhood. Oh, hey, did you uh, kill any thieves in the first six minutes? <laughs> No, uh, no, no thieves were harmed in the production of this particular adventure. It was a little bit on the light, lighthearted side. <laughs> uh, I always, always enjoy uh, talking to parents who start gaming with their children, especially when they come back, when they come from the era that you and I come from, where our, we had to have a stack of character sheets to get through a module. And, yeah. <laughs> and so now we're here, we are gaming with our children and their character loses 10 hit points and they just start welling up in the eyes and you go, no, 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 it's okay. You remember you have a healing potion in your pocket. <laughs> well, it, it, well, it's funny too, right? Cause you know, some kids are studiously will go through an entire adventure doing everything they possibly can not to hurt a butterfly. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll never, you know, you keep them saying, well, you know, you can attack with your sword if you want to. And they're like, no, no, I do a magical dance. <laughs> Um, but then there's also some kids who, you know, love the grizzly and, mm-hmm. and just go, I will kill the goblin. Um, so you got to make room for everybody at the table. Well, David, you are doing something incredible and you are making the D&D Adventure Club. A lot of our listeners may not be familiar with it because it's brand new. So, David, can you tell us a little bit about the D&D Adventure Club and what your inspiration to create it was? Yeah, so uh, D&D Adventure Club is a monthly subscription service where every month we send the kid a new Dungeons & Dragons adventure in the mail, right? So it's very studiously offline. It's very pen and paper. It's meant to get kids off screen time and get them in a room collaborating uh, with each other across a table like we did it back in the old days. Each of the adventures is written in a very simple, straightforward kind of step-by-step style where the narrative is outlined and it's meant very much to have a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old be able to jump in, grab an adventure guide 
and lead a campaign starting right there. Wow. I, it's been a lot of fun. I remember, so going back to that birthday party, right. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting um, around the table with some of the other mom and the dads and they were like, Oh my gosh, these kids, they love it. But I've never played D and D before. My husband's never played D and D before. You know, how, how do we even start? And so I looked around and, and, you know, God bless wizards, but there's so much, so much of D and D is marketed to the choir, right? Mm-hmm. It's marketed to the 27 year old horror fans yep. who want to go deep on rule systems. Yeah. And I, I looked around and there just isn't that much for, you know, a parent who wants to introduce a kid to narrative storytelling, but is maybe a little bit afraid of some of the grisly stuff, some of the misogynist stuff, some of the, you know, some of the weirder stuff in all the source books. Mm -hmm. So this is an effort to give kids a safe playing field where they can start to play uh, Dungeons and Dragons. That is fantastic. And you're absolutely right. Um, What, what raised on D and D podcast has shown not only through interviews, but through our listeners is that families that role play together is a much larger demographic than people realize. And the fact that there are so many families and I, I talk to parents all the time and what they have to do is they have to read the module ahead of time yeah. to run for their children. And then they have to modify it. So they're like, okay, I've got to take this part off or I got to soften this, or I've got to change this outcome because I know that if my children yep. search for the missing dwarf NPC who merchant, who's our friend and find out that he's been tortured and murdered, um, they're going to feel like they lost the adventure versus, you know, winning the, the adventure. And for, yeah. for adult, for maybe even older teens, that kind of narrative of we've got to go on this revenge narrative, that works. But when you're working with 12 and under, it's very difficult. They're like, but we wanted to save the dwarf merchant NPC friend, you know, and that kind of thing. And so what I constantly am asked is is as a parent, how do I adjust these preset modules? And the fact uh, D&D Adventure Club is going to be providing age-appropriate, family-friendly adventures, and even more so, it's, it's kind of like a dungeon master's guide for young people, isn't it? Well, exactly. So there's, there's really two components. There's the monthly subscription where you get a new adventure every single month in the mail. Um, but we've also built a quick start guide. And uh, this is all three of the giant books winnowed down to about 16 pages of very simple to understand game mechanics. So our goal is with a quick start guide, And a couple of the monthly adventures, anybody 10 years old, an eight-year-old who can read really well can jump in and run their own campaign starting right there. Wow. When you have parents who are, they have a, they have one idea 
of what Dungeons and Dragons is. Like David, you were talking about earlier about how D&D changes from when you're 12 to when you're in college to when you're an adult and it kind of grows with us. That's why it's such a, a, a long living hobby can be a lifetime hobby. Well, sometimes parents have an idea of Dungeons and Dragons from those college days, right? And they're like, hey, this is like Conan the Barbarian. This is like Deathstalker. This is like Beastmaster, right? So they're equating it to like 70s sword and sorcery films that are really not family appropriate right so so they 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 have a hard time conceptualizing taking the concept that concept of dungeons and dragons and adjusting it to a family friendly game where we all bond around the table what did what advice can you give guys like us to help us uh fit dungeons and dragons to our families why you know, I think, I think first and foremost, it's a tool to let the family get together and tell stories together, right? It is a structure for building narratives. And if you get through a session without ever having to roll a dice or stab somebody in the back, um, that's fine. Some of the best adventures that I've ever dungeon mastered were where, uh, where the kids would do everything they possibly could to find peaceful outcomes for every single adventure. And that's actually part of the puzzle mechanic that makes it so much fun for them. I think the other thing that is so great with, um, with Dungeons and Dragons and kids is it's a place where they always hear the word yes, right? Um, So much of a kid's life is spent, you know, with adults telling them, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. But like at the D&D table, yes is always the first answer. And I think that's, that, that's where their little minds just, you know, click in and explode explode in a good way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and also the, the, the other thing is, is that that choice, what do you want to do? And that, and, yeah. and, and so much of a child's life is spent being told, sit down, do this, eat that, wear this. Right. And because of this, uh, be, having these situations where they get to make the choices and the, when the dungeon master is open to their, um, out of the box ideas that makes for amazing storytelling. It makes for amazing family time. And it really creates that bond around the table. Uh, David, D and D adventure club is uh, just come out and it's just getting going. Where do we see it going? We know that there is going to be this, the monthly subscription. You're going to get an actual book in the mail and our young dungeon masters are going to be able to play it with their peers and their families immediately. And where does it go from there? Boy, well, there are, there are so many different opportunities to make a, uh, make this a real club, right? The monthly subscription starts in a goblin market. Uh, I think in a little bit, we're going to explore a fairy forest. Uh, after that, it's a moldy library. And after that, I think we have plans for a haunted house adventure. Yes. So the adventures will just keep coming every single month. And on top of that, 
we want to start offering uh, a broader array of resources for for both parents and kids uh, as they begin to explore the game. How can we evolve? How can we become more of a tool for those young brains to expand and enjoy the game as we all know it today? That's fantastic. Now, I have uh, of my three, my middle one has really taken to dungeon mastering, adventure writing, things like that. And he's super excited about it. When you're seeing them grow from the hobby, not only in things like when they're little, you know, math and, uh, and communication skills and things like that. But when you start say, seeing them say, you know what, this is something I want to do with my friends. So t- tell me, David, ha- has your daughter made that transition to Dungeon Master and, and how is that going? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, uh, when we first started playing, it was interesting because I was beginning to wonder about, um, um, you know, where my daughter saw herself as part of team of a team, right? She doesn't play a lot of sports. And so she doesn't really understand the mechanic of like team leaders and how that all works. But um, the, the moment she started playing Dungeons and Dragons, she immediately kind of just gravitated towards that sort of dungeon master role. Right. And, and she wants to be the one to tell people at the table, no, 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 it's your turn to take an action. Right. And so (laughs) it's amazing how uh, such a simple system really helps people find their roles in part of a team a team of 10 year olds, a team of 12 year olds, or a team of 40 year olds. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's just fascinating to see. And I think as, as we grow and evolve D and D adventure club, I think we want to use that core mechanic because man, it's a really good, simple, simple mechanic um, and explore all sorts of different milus, right? Um, maybe we'll do a little sci-fi at one point. Maybe we'll do a little bit of horror, not so scary horror, but easy horror. Um, but I think we really, uh, our mission statement is to make it easy for first time role players to jump in and host a game today. And so I think we really want to stay, stay focused on the eight, 10, 12, 14 year olds, uh, who are just discovering role playing. All of that is fantastic. We're so excited about D&D Adventure Club. We can't wait to see the modules that you put out. We can't wait to see how it grows. David, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for your contribution to the D&D community, to the tabletop role-playing community, and how you're helping young people and families. Thank you so much. Hey, man, Nick, thank you. It's been a blast, and I'll be happy to come back any day.